News time right now, 8.13. You're tuned in to WGNS. Murfreesboro Police in studio with us this morning. And with us today, Police Chief Michael Bowen and Lieutenant Clayton Williams on air with us and again in studio today. First of all, how is everything going today? Uh, good morning. Uh, everything's going uh, pretty well, uh, considering all the circumstances and everything going on uh, nationally and uh, with COVID and the, the changes in that recently. Uh, with some of the mandates things like that but other than that i mean i think uh everything's uh going as best as it could uh considering the circumstances lieutenant over here uh, tearing everything up Sorry. and uh no i'm just kidding Get <laughs> <laughs> you know i i have never seen anything like COVID in in my time obviously and i don't think many others have i i you know talk to my parents they don't remember anything similar to this in their lifetime either I believe that's the case. I think that you really have to go back in early 1900s and uh, just from stories, maybe the Spanish flu maybe would have been, uh, and I, I'm not really educated on that particular incident, but it seems like you have to go pretty far back to find anything even remotely similar. Yeah, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know what would be similar to it though, you know, because yeah. these days, of course, you have the internet, you've got you know media all over the country all over the mm. world and then you have government officials who are working with the media all over the world so i mean it's just a, a different different time for sure where you have the government saying well this is what you have to do then you have local businesses out there saying well we don't want you in our business if you don't wear this mask if you don't stand six feet apart i mean just the list of rules goes on and on it's tough and you know it's uh, pretty polarizing in some circumstances and uh, it's tough because there's so many unknowns and like you said it's just a uh, you know even if you go back to the early 1900s and look at other examples you know the technology is different the businesses are different just the society in general is just so different uh, that uh, you know there's just a lot of unknowns and leaders are really having to confront things that people in the past really haven't had to, had to deal with so uh, I keep that in mind when uh, uh, looking at some of these uh, things that come down and just know that hey people are trying to make the right decision to uh, keep our economy going to keep people safe and that uh, uh, eventually we'll come out of this stronger and uh, we'll, we'll be a better uh, uh, when we come out on the other end of this but uh, it's still gonna be a, a t tough tough road ahead uh, by the way i'm gonna go ahead and open up the phone lines if anybody wants to call or text us 615-893-1450 you know you look at nearby nashville it, it was once one of the most heavily visited as far as tourists go areas in tennessee and now tourism of course has dropped not only in nashville but all over the place because of covid and also i'm sure because a lack of hours at work for a lot of people uh, so cut paychecks, it means less travel, of course, as well. Right. But in Nashville, we saw where the Metro Police Department was out on the streets, literally enforcing the mask rules there. Are we going to see anything like that in Murfreesboro, where police start enforcing wearing the mask? Well, the most recent order, I think, is effective through the 29th uh, from uh, the mayor's office uh, and uh, I think Mayor Catron's office. And I think the big thing with uh dealing with the mask issue is to make sure that people are educated that they know you know what's expected and just know that enforcement you know that is an option at some point so big thing is remember as you start going into these businesses and things like that that you're aware of what the mandate says and that you are following those instructions and it's 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 simple if you don't want to go into a place that's requiring it uh, 
don't go there. Don't go there. And, of course, there's some folks out there who who flat out cannot tolerate the mask because of PTSD, because of other maybe mentally related issues, or because of physical health problems. COPD, I believe, was one on the list that I read. Right. Uh, So there's some folks who just... They can't wear it for whatever reason. Right, and that there is an exception for medical conditions in the in that mandate. So uh, if you have a uh, medical condition that prohibits you from wearing a mask, you know that is uh, uh, listed in that particular order. You know, I, when it comes to you see somebody wearing a mask or not wearing a mask, it's kind of like when you see someone pull into a handicapped parking place. You see them get out. And you're sitting there thinking, well, there's nothing wrong with them. But you truly don't know the real underlying reasons. So I I, I guess people need to kind of calm their tempers a little bit if they do see somebody not wearing a mask. Right, right. And like I said, it's uh, one of those situations. And I'll be honest with you, the more and more I go into places, I I notice a lot of people wearing them. And I think uh, people are kind of accustomed to, uh, hey, this might be uh, the norm for a while. And I think uh, that people are probably buying into it more as far as uh, putting it on and saying hey personally i don't think i should have to wear this mask but if that's if that's what i need to do uh, then that's what i'll do let's take a quick phone call here good morning you're on wgns yes good morning scott good morning uh what i'd like to know is how did a candidate for our u.s senate seat for my district who is a doctor get to hold massive rallies yesterday in Wilson County, Murfreesboro, and Lawrenceburg. Nobody in his pictures had on masks. He is considered, in my opinion, a super spreader. What do you all think about that? I'm not, who who was it? What candidate was it that held all the rallies? I'm not familiar. You know the one that's the doctor? Hmm. Dr. Manny, sorry. Oh, okay, okay. Call the ninth. <laughs> right. Uh, I, I, I don't really have any details on that. Uh, do you guys, have you heard anything about that? Not familiar with that at all. Uh, I don't know if it was inside or outside. just know if it was an outside event, if they're practicing social distancing and things like that, that that could well, have no, been the they case. they were not. Okay. Sorry, they yeah. were not. Check his Facebook. Yeah, so I'm, I'm not familiar with that. You know, in, in upcoming events where there are big public gatherings, are we eventually going to see, if, if the face mask rule stays in place, are we eventually going to see any policing of face masks in large gatherings like that? I think when we see those gatherings, I think what we'll, our, our, like I said earlier, our first approach is going to be to just let everybody know, hey, that there's this, this order in place and what the uh, information is that uh, supports that order and then uh, uh, try to get compliance. Uh, that's always going to be the first step and just know that uh, that prosecution is an option but uh we'd rather see the compliance component you know i I think a lot of people are curious if it were to go that far involving prosecution for for not wearing a mask when it is in order i mean what what really could be done legally i think you'd be looking at a citation and then uh the court would adjudicate it however it deemed necessary yeah it's uh, in the mayor's order even the Mayor Ketron's a nice thing is, uh, you know, he even emphasized in there in the very end of the about the enforcement piece that it is applicable if necessary. However, uh, the urge even from them is like, hey, you know, just be respectful of everybody. Everybody wants to take just more an education type approach versus an enforcement. 
if it got to that, uh, you know, if we had to. But that's kind of our approach as well. And we would, just like any misdemeanor offense, you know, we would first want to let folks know, make them aware, and then also try to help them out uh, and accommodate them best as possible. And if it came down to it, a citation, and again, what the courts are going to do, that's who knows. That's, that's way out of our out of our jurisdiction once that part happens. You know, I, I guess at this point, we don't know how ugly it could really get. I, I mean, we don't really know how much larger the numbers will grow. We have no idea what will happen in, in months to come. But if it does get worse, it, it does make you wonder, are new laws even going to be put into place, you know, that are permanent? That's always a possibility. Uh, let's hope not. Let's hope that this will run its course and that we'll start seeing some solutions come, especially from the medical field as far as vaccines and other preventative measures. That's that's always the hope. I know just uh, it seemed like when we started this back in March, it seems like an eternity has passed. You know, and here we are August and a lot of the things we thought we knew in March we don't. Are, are different now and just you know there's just a lot of things have changed in the past few months as far as you know treatment options things like that so uh, you know i think there's still a lot to learn and i still think that you know we'll just have to go through these next few months and you know and deal with it the best we can you know i i have seen a lot of comments on social media where people are just upset about the the face mask you know some people are, are saying you know, the, the Constitution was put into place not to tell me what to wear or how to wear it. It was put into place to, you know, not only oversee our government as a whole, but make sure they, you know, follow the, the rules set by the people. But yet the government's now telling me I have to wear a mask. It's like telling me I have to wear blue jeans every day. You know, it's just it's just an odd time. Yeah. And, you know, these are things if I would tell people the especially upcoming i'll give a shout out everybody make sure they they vote you know i mean that's a uh, tomorrow in, in our local election but also you know the if you have concerns about these contact your local and state legislatures and uh legislators excuse me and uh you know let them know about these things because they're ultimately even though the governor puts the order in place allowing the freedom for mayors to make these decisions um, it's up to the local governments to really decide how they're going to apply those things so um, yeah, that, that's the strongest voice we have is, is the vote and participating in those things. With us today, Murfreesboro Police Chief Michael Bowen and Lieutenant Clayton Williams in studio. And if you have a question you want to ask or make a statement, call us 615-893-1450. You can call or text us at that, that same number. Good morning. You're on WGNS. Yeah, how you doing? Good. I just wanted to ask y'all a question about, um, kind of about, uh, the, the, the virus. I seen a I seen a story online this morning where the governor um, now is going to uh, I guess in schools. You know, like if a, if a teacher or a student contracts the virus, he was going to uh, I guess make I don't know make it public or the state would have the information as far as making it public. I guess I don't, I don't know the media or the state would have the information about I guess who has the virus and things. And then I was going to ask y'all too about. I know it's not. I know y'all not talking politics, but how do y'all feel about the? Like, I know we got a primary coming up this week as far as the election, but the November election as far as the uh, as far as like absentee or mail-in voting. I know the president don't like it. I know he's suing one of the states about it, and uh, and I know Tennessee was thinking about expanding a mail-in voting, or maybe they're going to do it. I'm not sure, but I was telling them get y'all's comments on that. I enjoy y'all's show this morning. Thank you. All right, thank you for calling this morning. I'd rather steer away from uh, any opinions I have uh, regarding any uh, political procedures, things like that. It's just, uh, you know, we do have, uh, as Lieutenant Williams said, uh, we do have some, uh, a couple 
important elections coming up, uh, not only uh, tomorrow but uh, in November. So uh, I'm sure that everybody's going to try to do the best that they can to ensure that those uh, uh, procedures are put in place that allow for uh, uh, us being able to get to the polls and, and let the voices be heard and uh, and do it in a way that that's uh, that's uh, I'm trying to say. Uh, not foolproof, but in a way that uh, maintains the integrity of the system, I guess is what I'm trying to say. You know, I don't know that the health department or, or medical, you know, officials out there, they, they could not legally release people's names who have virus XYZ. And, and I don't know what the caller was referring to. I don't know if he's just saying that they're going to name a particular school and say that they had a case, uh, case that uh, appeared in that particular school. It may be something as simple as that without actually naming the individual. Individual, I'm not sure what he was referring to. But my guess is it's probably just if schools, a particular school sees an intent that they're going to let, let people know that, hey, somebody there had a case. And, and I don't think in, in past history, I don't think there have ever been situations where, all right, we're going to name everybody who has smallpox or the bubonic plague. I, I mean, that wasn't even done way back then. Right, right. I'm sure they'll do similar like they, you know, when flu season hits, a lot of times if they wind up with a certain percentage of students that have that, not that it's to the individual level, but they may make adjustments to their protocols and their systems in place. But I don't think it will get down to a personal level about naming people that that may be what it's talking about. Right. We, you know, the uh, Coffee County schools open, I believe, August 3rd of this, this week, and, and they've already shut down two schools because of COVID-19. So with our schools opening on August 10th, it will be interesting to see how we go about deciding when to close the school or do we just leave it open and send certain kids home if they have COVID-19. Right, right. And, uh, you know, it's you know just kind of running parallel with the college. I know a lot of college students are saying, hey, they're not even going to go to campus this year because a lot of their classes were That's online. That's what I'd be so, saying, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I think a lot of them, you know, are like, hey, I don't mind going to campus, but, you know, just the way it was offered, it just, you know, that online learning, I, I did a lot of that. And, you know, if it meant not having to get up and park somewhere and and walk to classes, I mean, I was all for it. So, And, and you know, for college students, I, I do think online learning is a great tool. It is. You know, it because is. we're a college students old enough to make the decision, hey, I'm going to I'm if I'm paying for this class, I'm going to participate. Right. Whereas, you know, high school and younger, I, it it for me, I would think they need to be in school to really better learn. Right. And I think it's an individual thing. Uh I can tell you, I have two family members, and one would is cut out for online learning. The other probably needs to be in the classroom with the teacher. <laughs> our, our number here at the station six one five eight nine three fourteen fifty. Now, with COVID nineteen and the pandemic that I guess started back in March, have we seen a an increase or a decrease in the number of police officers who are hired privately to work at local businesses? You know, I'm curious if some businesses have have been overly worried and they've hired maybe no. an officer when they have in the past no uh, so no increase no decrease really uh you're probably seeing a decrease you're probably seeing a decrease in the, the number of events people are holding that would typically uh uh, uh require them to hire off-duty officers and you're seeing uh just in general a lot of the special events permits things like that uh, have dropped off quite a bit you know a lot of big events have been canceled uh and uh I, I expect that pattern to probably continue throughout the rest of the year. You know, I, I know Amy, Sergeant Amy Denton was uh, behind the push to 
turn retired police uniforms into face masks, and there were some local citizens who were actually sewing these face masks. How did all of that turn out, and are uh, some people still making these face masks for the police department? It has turned out well, and then we got quite a bit of them, and I think we probably still have some on hand. Uh, the big thing, uh, you know, we like I said earlier, you know, back in March we were looking at one one set uh, rules that has changed over times because I remember early on it was don't wear a mask, don't wear a mask, don't wear a mask, and now that has turned into uh, uh, you know masks are beneficial. And uh, I think early on when we uh, found out when it started uh, leaning towards masks uh, being uh, beneficial, that's when uh, a lot of people in the community came together and uh, helped us make masks because the market was, I mean suppliers were just out of uh, the N95s, other type masks. What you're seeing now, especially with uh, police supply companies and a lot of the uh, companies that provide clothing and equipment to uh, first responders, not only police, fire, EMS, they have come out with a whole line of uh, masks and things like that are pretty affordable and uh, pretty uh, user friendly. And uh, so fortunately, a lot of those things are starting to hit the market now and it gives us another option as well. I know at the health department in Rutherford County, we've seen Murfreesboro police out there directing traffic for Murfreesboro, and I'm sure Smyrna, Smyrna police are out there as well in Smyrna. But here in Murfreesboro, how involved are police at the health department with this daily testing going on? Anytime that they uh, uh, need any assistance with traffic control, we're there. The big thing with uh, a lot of these events, uh, when they hold... uh, testing events especially in the earlier stages you didn't know how many people were going to show up you know you see pictures and video from across the country where you had huge lines things like that so we were always there and our role in those situations was basically just traffic control we weren't there for any other reason and i think that we have been uh, asked to participate in a couple of testing events uh those went fairly well i think the way the uh, layout was designed uh uh, from the health department, I know MFRD assisted in that, and there's uh, other players that uh, helped with that. I think just the way it was pre-planned, I think it made it fairly easy to manage, and uh, we'll continue to offer that services uh, if needed. But you'll start you're starting to see. I was driving down Medical Center Parkway the other day, signs where people offer the COVID testing. So I don't know that people necessarily go to the health department now. I think it's kind of spread out to where a lot of people can offer that service. I know. I guess about a week ago, Murfreesboro fired also. Uh, paramedics in Rutherford County, it was announced that so far none of them have tested positive for COVID. Has that been true with Murfreesboro Police as well? We haven't had a huge number of tests positive. Uh, We've had some exposures. We've had some positive tests. Uh, We've got a procedure in place that's uh, pretty much once we identify those uh, individuals, we do the tracing and then we uh, have follow-up measures. But uh, it hadn't been a huge number, but yes, we have had positive tests. And uh, some of those have occurred because of work exposures, and some of those have occurred because people have been out of town, went somewhere, and got exposed uh, off-duty. So not huge numbers, but, yes, there have been exposures. I I guess for police, I mean, when it comes to getting or to being exposed to COVID while on the workforce, police are sometimes a lot more, I guess, up close and personal, of course, when you're handcuffing somebody or or when you're even wrestling somebody to the ground who's trying to run from you i mean so i guess it's a little different in those cases yeah yeah and see one of the big things that we have to deal with is the whole mask issue is uh uh we have to make sure that you know our 
our goal is to communicate effectively with the public, especially when you're dealing with suspects and arrest situations. So a lot of times that mask hinders that effective communications and you, you're better off, you know, to be understood and not have the mask on. So, you know, that's one of those uh, safety concerns uh, uh, that we have to look at. And, uh, and, of course, if you don't have it on, it increases that risk. We do have a text message here. It says, out of control population continue to destroy buildings and property in Portland, Oregon. How are laws allowing that to happen, it says, or it asks, I guess, how are laws allowing buildings to be destroyed in places like Portland, Oregon. In Tennessee, are we protected against things getting out of hand like we're seeing in Portland and Seattle? You know, I don't know their laws and their rules. A lot of it goes, uh, I'd say, uh, you have to look at the leadership and what are they allowing to happen. So I think you have to look at a lot of that. I think that most places, probably including those two cities, have laws and, and rules that would prevent that kind of behavior. I just uh, I just think that it's a matter of uh, how far the leadership wants to let it go. Again, in studio with us this morning, Murfreesboro Police Chief Michael Bowen and Lieutenant Clayton Williams. Our phone number, 615-893-1450. You can call or text us. We're going to take a short break, but we will be right back. Come by our store, Music World and Drummer's Den. We're a full-line music instrument store with well over 5,000 square feet packed with great instruments in every category. In guitars, we're your local dealer for the two top acoustic guitar brands in the world, Martin and Taylor. We've got the best selection and prices anywhere in the state of Tennessee on these. This is Dave Kivanemi at Music World and Drummer's Den in Murfreesboro. 2762 South Church Street across from Indian Hills Golf Course. This is Peter Demas and I invite your family to come and join our family back at Demas's restaurants. One of the things that we have always done is we have been very careful with the way that we sanitize our tables. We have mandatory hand washing stations. Our employees are required to wear masks. We are just overall just being very careful with everything that we are doing and the way we handle food, the way we handle plates to ensure everybody's safety as they return and start enjoying the dining room experience again. Demas's Restaurants on Broad Street in Murfreesboro. I like a bed that's really firm. I need something a little softer than that. Rest easy. With the Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed, you can both adjust your comfort with your Sleep Number setting. Can it really help me fall asleep faster? Yes, by gently warming your feet. Okay, but can it help keep us asleep? It senses your movements and automatically adjusts to keep you effortlessly comfortable. Sleep Number, proven quality sleep is life-changing sleep. And now, save up to $500 on select Sleep Number 360 Smart Beds plus special financing on all Smart Beds, only for a limited time. To learn more, go to SleepNumber.com. Special financing subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See store for details. Dell supports America's entrepreneurs during Small Business Month with all you need to office anywhere. Save up to 45% on computers and servers with Intel Core processors. Upgrade to new modern devices with Windows 10. Plus save on top brand tech while enjoying free shipping on everything. And special financing with Dell Business Credit. Call 877-ASK-DELL to talk to a Dell Technologies advisor who can help you find the tech that's just right. That's 877-ASK-DELL or visit Dell.com slash small business deals. This is Sean Brown at Tire World on Broad Street. Did you know we specialize in commercial and fleet business? We're equipped to handle all of your company's automotive needs. Download our Tire World app today for free oil changes and electronic coupons. Come by today for all of your automotive needs. Online at tireworld.us. Hey guys, I'm Marcellus from Bubba Gandy Seafood, the freshest seafood in town with a new delivery every single week. The Gandy name started in the seafood industry over 60 years ago in Panama City, Florida. Now in the borough. On Memorial Boulevard, across from the Sports Club. 
This portion of the show brought to you by Mapco. How do you feel about two for three dollar Lay's or Cheetos? What about regular M&Ms for only a dollar? These are just a handful of the sweet deals you'll find right now at Mapco. You'll be surprised how they always have great deals for your everyday cravings. And don't forget to download their My Rewards mobile app to earn points toward items like ice-cold fountain drinks and even fuel. The app is available for both iPhones and Androids. Stop by and save at your local Mapco today. COVID-19 has changed our world. And First National Bank of Murfreesboro is here to help you. During these uncertain times, it's good to have a friend to walk with you and help with financial guidance. First National Bank of Murfreesboro is here to help you with free text banking, bill paying, mobile deposits, and more. I'm Shelly Rigsby, manager of First National Bank of Murfreesboro. And I'm Amanda Gentry. Now a part of the Capstar Bank family, member FDIC. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website and Alexa or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. The Action Line on FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. We're Rutherford County's place to talk. Right now the time, 8.38. You're tuned in to WGNS. In studio with us this morning, Murfreesboro Police Chief Michael Bowen and Lieutenant Clayton Williams. We have another text here. It says, I am starting to see clear face shields like dentists use, dent- dentists use being worn by the public. Are uh, they accepted as filling the requirements of the wear a mask law? And is it actually a law or is it? It's an ordinance. order from. It's an order, and then it's enforceable through the governor's office. Uh, uh, he gives the authority to the mayors to enact that uh, order, and then it, it is enforceable. And yes, there are clear uh, face masks out there that uh, meet the criteria. I know that uh, a lot of places are starting to produce them. Uh, I think uh, several weeks ago, I read an article about a lady who talks who talked about the. Uh, about the impaired not being having to be able to read lips and a lot of those were created for that purpose and I thought that was an awesome idea but you're starting to see more and more of that and yes I think many of those meet, do meet the criteria you know it's interesting you don't think about all the you know negative side effects from wearing a mask and then you mentioned those who are hearing impaired they're they're you know maybe used to reading lips more so right. than actually listening and it's just I guess it's one of those things where people immediately jump and say oh we all have to wear this mask without really thinking through everything else about the mask right so it's uh it is an odd time though it is it is uh never seen anything like it it's it also kind of creates a a, just this weird uh, vibe air i guess i was in uh walmart the other day you know and had to do some shopping had my mask on and it the only the thing that i don't like is it's a side effect if it goes on. I'm just personal. It, people are, you can tell people are intentionally avoiding people. It's just like, let me go in here, let me get what I need, and let me get out, and, you know, and just kind of like, oh, you know, so it's just, I don't know, uh, it just seems so counter culture, you know, so I hope <laughs> hope we can move through this quickly and, and get back to some state of normalcy. You know, I, I can't help but to have noticed at gas stations, at local stores, I see more and more people who are, openly carrying you know on the side of their hip they've got a gun they're either not wearing a mask or they are but but they just you see more people 
who are open carrying. And I don't know if you're seeing more people armed these days or if they're just irritated with the world. They want people to know they're armed these days. But you see more of it, it seems like. You know, I haven't really noticed a difference in that. Uh, I have. Um, I, I, I think it's just it goes along with people are tense right now. And uh, it's, unf- you know, but I do I agree with just the way you're talking about it and you notice it and I notice it. it I don't know that that helps the situation in already a tense time <laughs> as unnerving people, but uh, I know I read articles all the time about uh, ammunition and gun sales are through the roof right now. Um, I know if you walk into a store, you can't even hardly find ammo for certain popular calibers. Um, and it's just, I think that combined with being an election year and what was going on with COVID, people kind of start to, those rights they really start to hang on to and cling to and 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 some people really put that out in the forefront of of their uh, uh personal billboard if you will so um yeah it's uh, again somebody's choice and i've seen both with the mask without and i think just everybody's just kind of trying to hold on to their own real tight right now you know i think people are worried you know at the start of this whole thing we saw a mad rush to grocery stores people buying up the craziest stuff you know out of all things they buy up all the toilet paper all the uh, paper towels and then next thing you know the milk's gone the second it's put out on the shelf i mean we're just seeing strange things happen that sometimes don't really have a rhyme or reason as to why why would they grab toilet paper first why is it sold out you know it's just an odd time right now y'all you often wonder why and uh uh, I researched some of this, and you know, I, I read a couple of survivalist websites where one of the things they said to stock up on was toilet paper, and I don't know if people were were seeing that, but I mean, it was gone, and you're now starting to see it back on the shelves, and uh, uh, it's uh, just, uh, you know, I noticed that some things are starting to show back up on the shelves. You're still missing things like Lysol wipes, things like that. I, it seems like you can't get a hold of those, or or certain types of uh, hand gel, things like that, are still tough to get. But uh, hopefully, uh, these things will start showing back up on the shelves. I noticed that a lot of, just a lot of things. You know, when you go to these outdoor sto- uh, stores, like uh, Clayton uh, was referring to, uh, just a lot of the things like uh, there's a lot of equipment that's not being produced right now. I guess because of factory shutdowns and shortages and things like that. So that's still very obvious. And uh, how long it'll continue, who knows. You know, you go to a furniture store, and furniture notoriously took a long time to get anyway when you right. buy it and order it. But now furniture stores are telling you, you know, it's going to be four months before we actually get it in, and they say because of COVID-19. And, and I don't know if that's because a lot of the furniture that some of these stores are selling comes from overseas, and it has to go through proper right. inspection where, it, you know, I know it was inspected before, but right. I guess they're doing more now whenever something, a shipment comes in from another country. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, just it makes me wonder how things are going to go into the fall uh, as far as supply and demand on some of these things. Uh, surely, I, I would hope at some point that they'd be able to catch up and uh, uh, start meeting current demands, which I think they are. You know, I think meat was one of the big things that uh, was off the shelves for a while, and and it seems like now every every time I go to the store, there's stuff on the shelves. So I mean, you know. I think it just takes time to adjust and uh, uh, change manufacturing processes and get things uh, uh, adjusted to fit the current demands and needs. In recent weeks, we have seen, I guess, several break-in burglaries, you know, car break-in stories. 
being released here in Murfreesboro where somebody recently broke into, I think, Murfreesboro Parks and Rec trucks who were parked in a locked gate. Then we also saw more neighborhood break-ins. Are, are we seeing more crime because of COVID-19 or is this stuff just typical this time of year? I don't think that we're seeing uh, more crime. I think this year is going to be kind of an anomaly as far as the patterns and uh uh, when you look at the total numbers, I don't know that we're seeing a huge difference, but you're, you'll see points that are, are uh, like uh, early in the COVID, things probably uh, remain pretty consistent. I think that uh, you had asked uh, last radio show about domestics, and I think that we did a comparison to the same point in time last year, and I think that we found out that things, things were pretty similar. I think some things have gone down. I know we've been busy here the past couple of weeks, and you've seen some of the the story. You've actually run some of the stories of some of the recent events that we've had. Uh, but I think uh, in Clayton, uh, he's got the computer pulled up. He may have some fresh numbers uh, to look at this morning. Yeah, overall, uh, as Chief said, crime is it's it's down a little bit. It's not it's less than ten percent from this time January 1 this year from January 1 to this time last year however you know a lot of people asked uh, I think a couple different outlets uh, asked if we felt like it was related to COVID and it's really with that small difference it's it's really just hard to say either way and uh, at any point that number could change enough to go the other direction but uh, that for motor vehicles up just a little bit Um, uh, domestics are down Uh, burglaries overall are actually down uh, so that's a good thing. Um, I know last time you had asked, uh, or I don't remember if it was you, or, uh, last month or month before about DUIs during because of the alcohol sales. DUIs are actually up a little bit. Uh, again, don't know if that's equated to curbside or not. Um, and uh, drug violations are up a little bit. But overall, we're down. And I think we'll start to see, we'll probably start to see a little spike as we usually do as schools school that's always a rut and when uh, if students do arrive on campus uh, if that happens uh, we'll probably start to see and just because of people coming to the area but uh, we'll we'll keep track of it and see how it goes what are some of the street drugs we are seeing right now as far as numbers what are we seeing the most of on the street you know marijuana is still super popular right now Um, and then heroin uh, is probably your most popular as far as uh, uh, cocaine still there meth is making a comeback um, and it's unfortunate all of them you know all of them are devastating to some degree uh, but uh, yeah we're, we're still seeing still seeing a lot of that unfortunately I guess cocaine was one of those that was like uh, I don't know the designer drug of the day back in the 80s or so where you saw those of upper income typically using cocaine i guess because it was more expensive is that still true today or is that one of those that's again across the board just like meth i think that's just across the board kind of a uh, a drug and like i said you know whether you use it in powder form crack cocaine it's just uh i don't think that any uh particular group of people is uh, immune from from using it in some form now uh, uh, kind of going back to some of the crimes we were talking about uh 
I know that we did have that, uh, and I think you ran the article on that on the Facebook Marketplace where the person was uh, test driving a car. Uh, that's one of the things I always want to encourage. If you're doing these online sales, we do have a place uh, in front of the police department. Please come and use that if you have uh, something that you want to sell. Uh, we have a place in the parking lot that's marked. Uh, there's video cameras out there. It's great if you can do it during business hours to where you know you have a uh, police in the building, which we're open 24 hours, but there's there's just more of a presence uh, during uh, daytime hours. I see people using it. Uh, I see people using it on a regular basis, but just know that that is there, and that's something we definitely want to encourage people to do. Uh, and if you don't live in Murfreesboro for, uh, or listening or if you live out in the county and you're curious about the uh, Eagleville Police Department or, or Sheriff's Department or Smyrna, whatever, call them, see if they have something like that available. They may as well. might save you a trip to Murfreesboro, but just know you're welcome uh, any time of day, uh, any day of week to come by to the police department and uh, complete those transactions out front. You know, the, the scary thing about the Facebook marketplace crime that recently happened in Murfreesboro is that I think people are more trusting on Facebook. You see the pictures, the picture of the person, their profile picture there. You assume it's okay. I see who they are. But in reality, you have no clue if that person's really behind that picture. Is it, is it really them, first of all? Second of all, you don't really know them. Right. But, but I think Facebook Marketplace is misleading because of that. And, and I think that does make it of a scary marketplace indeed yeah and i think i think whatever uh form you use uh, whether it be uh, craigslist facebook just whatever i know there's a there's a ton of different sales uh sites out there that people use on a regular basis just uh it's important that uh, when you do make these uh uh, uh meetings to conduct your business man do it in a place that's going to be safe a safe environment and that's why i encourage people to use our facility you know it's it's if you don't use our place, it's always good to go to a public place, but really you even have to be careful in those situations as well. Now, in that Facebook marketplace crime, it was, I believe, a Nissan Altima that was being sold, and I guess the person carjacked the victim. Has that person been caught? I don't have the story pulled up, but was that person caught, the yes. suspect? Yes, yes. Was it somebody from Murfreesboro or elsewhere? I don't know the background on the suspect, uh, but uh, I do know that... Uh, that uh, we have uh, resolved that case. And then uh, I think it's just a matter of getting it through the courts now. We have a text message here, and it says, Chief Bowen, there was discussion by the Tennessee legislation that possibly the law of talking and or texting while driving would be changed to allow driving. Could you please clarify? I guess there was some confusion about the whole texting, talking while driving issue. I guess they're wanting to know what exactly is it that is the law as far as talking on the cell phone or texting on the cell phone while driving? Well, it's actually a, it's hands-free, so you can't be, uh, you know, if you got the phone in hand, uh, that's enough to, you know, raise enough reasonable suspicion, probable cause for an officer to, uh, to investigate that. Um, you can't be talking on the phone unless you're on a hands-free device. You can't read or send an electronic message while the vehicle's in motion. Um, if you're sitting at a red light or a stop sign and stopped in traffic, um, that does allow you to pick up the phone and do something. But while in motion, you cannot be uh, doing either of those things. And again, you don't want to be talking with it up on your ear, holding it out in front of you with uh, the speakerphone. You can have it sitting down in the console or somewhere in the car and talking to the phone. That's okay. But uh, the point was to get the device away from the, vi <laughs> from the face and the distraction of that. So. 
Is that is that? I, I think that was yeah, yeah. That was good. Were they asking about a change? Yeah, I think they were suggesting that maybe a change, but I, I don't recall. Any and change. I don't recall a specific no. change that's going. There wasn't to, anything this session that was proposed. That, that I, yeah. So bottom line is, brother. you know, if you're going to talk on the phone in your car, Bluetooth or speakerphone, exactly. don't hold it. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So no big change there, and I, I guess it's what a fifty dollar fine the first offense. Yes, that's correct. Okay. Uh, right now, the time, 8.52, our phone number, 615-893-1450. Murfreesboro Police Chief Michael Bone with us today and Lieutenant Clayton Williams. We also have some other text messages here. Uh, oh, this one's referring to the old TV show Chips. That's like <laughs> 1980s. It says, I was watching an old Chips show on TV and reminded me of motorcycle officers is there still a place for motorcycles in police work? And will Murphy's Bro auction off their motorcycles? There is a place probably for motorcycles in police work. Uh, we uh, do not have motorcycles anymore. We did get rid of our, uh, uh, did auction those off. So we no longer have a motorcycle unit. We did uh, the officers that were assigned to traffic duties and uh, that were operating uh, motorcycles. Uh, we uh, were able to put them in unmarked vehicles and they still perform the same duties and they've been doing a great job at it so uh, we didn't find any uh, any uh, uh, issues with uh, them able to maintain their performance levels uh, I know lieutenant Williams that's kind of dear to his heart because he you know he, he he was a motorcycle officer and I know that he had a lot of passion and there are a lot of good things that you can do with uh, motorcycles but uh, you know just with some of the recent accidents and just uh, uh, we had to kind of look at the risk versus reward uh, in that, and we decided that we would uh, move on from motorcycles. Now, I, did Murfreesboro last use Harleys, or did they have Hondas or Suzukis? I was trying to remember. We actually had two different. Uh, tell you what, I'm gonna let Clayton <laughs> since he's uh, he's chewing at the bit to he, talk about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still, got, I still got my boots on under yeah. my pants. <laughs> but we had the Victories and the Harleys. Yeah, we had a mixed fleet at the time that uh, we had just transitioned to right there toward the end. So. Yeah. So those were auctioned off already. So yeah, yeah, we no longer have motorcycles yeah. in our fleet. Okay, and what you know? What about the razors, the off-road razors, the four-wheelers? I mean, those things are great for getting around, and they're smaller than cars. Are those going to be more used in the future? I know the parks use one, or the police the, use them in the parks. The police have. Uh, we have two that we use in the parks, and that's probably the only capacity that we'll ever use those. Uh, but it does let them get around into some of these backwoods areas and uh, get in and off the greenway uh, uh, a lot easier. So it's something, and they can cover a lot of area on one of those things. So uh, they've definitely been a useful tool for us, and we plan on continuing to use those. I would, <clears throat> on that note, Scott, as those are becoming more and more popular. And there has been a lot of legislation going back and forth the past two years just to let i'm seeing every now and then i'll see somebody excuse me on the road especially on the weekend just a note to folks those are you can't operate those inside the, the city limits of murfreesboro particularly because um one ordinance and then also the state passed legislation that you can operate those on county roads um so uh, if you've you can tag them, you can register them. Um, there's an appropriate process to do that. They And again, as they've grown in popularity, they've tried to lax the rules. Before, you, up until two years ago, you couldn't use them at all on a, on a paved roadway. Um, but they've relaxed that to the county roads unless 
a county particularly prohibits it. I don't think Rutherford County's done anything like that at, the, at this time. So just make sure if you bought, bought one of those. I know a lot of people say, well, I bought this because I could get to the store and back, or I'm, you know, check with your local and city and uh, county ordinances to make sure that uh, you can do that so uh, legally so nobody runs into any hassles. So in the city limits, you can't, even if it's tagged, you can't operate one of those razors or a golf cart that is supposedly made to be street legal you right. can't operate one on city roads but in the county it, it, there's not an issue with it right now it has to, and it, but it has to be a county road you can't operate on state highway a u.s highway it has to be just specifically a county uh, road so uh, that they maintain okay and, and I, I guess do you foresee that changing in the future because you know in little neighborhoods that are in the city limits i can see where they'd be great to drive to the neighborhood pool in or you know drive down to the golf course in you know, I think they'll approach it probably the way they have in the past with golf carts. Uh, a lot of places, you know, allow golf carts. Uh, they build a community that way, and when they put the plan for services in to the municipality that they're building in, you know, that's they'll either put a trail or ask for that to be added. Uh, that would have to be something that the city council and codes would have to allow, because, <coughs> excuse me, even now. Um, golf carts, you're not even really supposed to operate those on the roadway. I know we do have uh, golf course community Indian Hills, and they have paths everywhere like that. And the and the issue is for mainly for safety. You don't if you put a vehicle like that on a roadway with a with a car, a they're not you know they're not as safe. They do have seat belts, but they're not designed uh, to take an impact from a vehicle collision. Um, so it could cause some you know horrific damage to, to not only property but to the individuals operating inside so uh, that's and that's the main reason they a lot of them they will sell like a tail light kit and turn signal kit but they may not be equipped with um, the same safety harnesses or the lighting on the front and they're just the profile itself is just not as easy to pick up a lot of them have tires that aren't designed to drive on roadways so they can be uh, you know harder on asphalt and things like that so just a couple a lot of things considering it may you know uh, as the state moves forward they may see it as something that they put certain provisions in and allow it and then cities may pick it up but we'll just have to wait and see we are just about out of time already this morning so as we close out today anything that people should be aware of any changes in rules laws ordinances that are coming up that we need to watch out for I tried to thumb through just to look at least. The legislature was pretty, with COVID, it, that kind of got affected right. too. There was just not a lot of public effective uh, things that, you know, that people would care to hear about. But. Right. Typically this time of year we'd have a lot of updates, but uh, right now we really don't have anything that would be of major significance. Uh, I would like to back up and we talked about the Facebook uh, marketplace and, uh, you know, being able to meet and find the police department. Just remember too, we also mentioned drugs and drug use, things like that. Just know that we have that uh that container in the lobby of the police department that's available to uh, prescription drugs that are no longer needed, things like that. Get them out of your house, bring them to the police department, and uh, drop them in there. You don't have to sign anything. You don't have to do anything. You just open the lid, drop them in, and uh, we'll dispose of those for you. That's the probably the safest way to get rid of prescription drugs. Yeah, in the Murfreesboro Police Department lobby, open right. what hours? Uh, it's open uh, daily and uh, typically around 10 o'clock. Okay. And so getting drop-off old prescription drugs there right you just walk in drop it in don't ask you questions anything like that just uh, leave them with us sounds good again with us this morning from the murfreesboro police department murfreesboro police chief uh, mr bowen and also with us today is lieutenant clayton williams and the time right now is nine o'clock